Welcome to Gemara Markings. Today's shiur is Yevamis Daf Lamed. Don't forget to click on the Daf option in order to view a marked Daf Gemara for today's shiur. If you are not fully familiar with our Gemara marking system and wish to benefit from its great rewards, it is essential that you study all of the introductory material accessed by clicking on the Learn the System option provided on the sidebar of our home page. If you are already partially familiar, you will benefit by clicking on the brief four-minute introduction that is available here. Being that our system is a visual approach to the Daf Gemara, it is recommended that you print out the marked Daf Gemara before the Shior. If you wish to be in touch with us, we can be reached at gmarkings at gmail.com. We begin our Shior today at the top of Daf Lamed at the Mishnah. Before we begin the Mishnah, take note of the Mivneh, structural note that you see on the side, a volcano shape, a trapezoid if you prefer, is featured, Sidra Shel Mishnayis, there is a series of Mishnayis, Im Psichois Doimois, with very similar openings. The double underline is used, Havlotas Trilas Seider the beginning of the series of events. In, the, in each Mishnah, uh, the uh, Mishnah portrays an unfolding of events, and the double underline simply highlights the beginning of that uh, phenomenon. In uh, approaching today's daf, we uh, may find ourselves doing some unconventional things in the initial presentation, but eventually we'll uh, go through the daf kiseder in its regular order. And this is in the uh, in the effort to ease comparing different sections of the daf without a lot of uh, interruption uh, in the middle. <coughs> also, take note of the uh, extensive use of the charts as we have been uh, using charts, th- uh, diagrams throughout the Masikta. Today's shear will uh, be characterized by uh, ex- an exceptional uh, attachment, we'll say, or dependency on these <coughs> diagrams. So we open up the Mishnah, Shlosha Achim. We have three brothers, keeping one finger on the diagram that you can see on the side where the star appears, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Three brothers, Shnaim, Mehem, Nesuim, Shtei, Achoyos, Ve'echod, Nosui, Nochris. Two of the three brothers, in our example, Ruvain and Shimon are married to sisters, Leah and Rochel. <coughs> and the third brother, is married to what we call Isha, an unrelated woman. Meis echod mibale achoyos. If one of the husbands of the sisters... So we have Ruvain. And you'll notice on our diagram we have a little one that indicates that's the first event. And also in the Mishnah that's double one down. Here you see the beginning of the events. So Ruvain dies. Vekines nosui nochris es ishto. And on the chart, you can see, as a result of Ruvain dying, leaving no children, so Levi does Yibum. So he, he takes in, uh, he's called the Nosi Nochris, he's the brother married to the unrelated woman. So Levi marries through Yibum, Leah. Umes. So the third stage <coughs> is he dies. Levi dies. Now, right before Levi died, his own wife, Levi's own wife, was a co-wife with Leah. So, they, we can say that Leah, or Levi's own wife, is a tzorah of Leah. 
Now, there's only one surviving brother here. There are no children in this story. So, Shimon is, we'll say, the candidate. He's the Yavam. However, he's married to Rachel. Rachel is the sister of Leah. So, Shimon cannot do Yibum with Leah, nor can he do Yibum with Levi's wife, because Levi's wife is a co-wife, a tsara of an erva. An erva, a forbidden relation, wife's sister. So the Mishnah goes on to say, Harishayna yoitza mishum achosisha. The first one. The, the term first one is used because she's the first one, as Rashi says, Linafila. She's the first one to have fallen to Yibum. Well, she goes free. She's also to Shimon, so she goes free. She can marry out uh, to anyone she wants, of course, other than Shimon. She goes free. She's, no, she's not bound in Yibum. And based on Achosisha, she's the sister of Shimon's wife. And when we say go free, that means not only is Yibum forbidden, but no need for Chalitza either. The shoe removal ceremony is not necessary. Ushnia, the second woman, that's the Nochris, that's the unrelated woman, Levi's own wife, Mishum Tzara, so she goes free because she's a co-wife of an erva. Now you notice we have a little one in the Mishnah. Here is a number two. This is instead of Kines Nasri Nochris, here we have a second version of what takes place, also bo maimer umes. <clears throat> Levi, instead of doing yibum with Leah, Levi does maimer. And we've spoken about maimer extensively in the past. It's a yovam giving money, uh, what we would say ordinarily is kesef kiddushin, marriage money. He gives The yovam gives money to Leah, which on a, in a yovam in the realm of Yibum, giving money to a Yavama is significant only on a rabbinic level. It doesn't clinch a marriage as it would with two strangers that are getting together in matrimony. So Levi does Maimer with Leah instead of marrying her, Umes, and then Levi dies. Now we don't have this on the chart, but in your mind's eye, where the arrow appears instead of <coughs> Yibum being written, you would imagine Maimer. And then, after Maimer, which would be the second stage, Levi dies. What happens? When, with the death of Levi, there is one remaining brother, Shimon. Can Shimon do Yibum with, uh, with Leah? Certainly not. What about Levi's own wife? Is she a co-wife? Well, after all... Levi didn't marry Leah. So, in this case, where Levi had done Maimer with Leah and then dies, the only option is Chalitza. We're not going to allow Yibum on a, on a uh, rabbinic level. We're prohibiting Yibum from taking place. However, we cannot say that the Nochris is totally free either. Because on a Doraisa level, on a Torah level, Leah is not in the picture. 
as far as Levi is concerned with the death of Levi Levi leaves a single wife what we call Isha and Shimon should be doing Yibum with her so there is there is a connection a Yibum connection that needs to be undone and in order to undo that Chalitza is necessary on the other hand as we said we're, we rabbinically speaking are not going to allow Yibum to take place because of the appearance of Leah being a co-wife and if she was a real co-wife like we saw before so the Nochris is totally exempt now the Gemara focuses on this last point this issue of the Mimer Taima the Ovad Ba Mimer the reason that the Nochris does Chalitzan cannot do Yibum is because Levi did Mimer with Leah if Levi had not done the Mimer, he had done nothing, then Nochris Yevumi Nami Miyavma. The Nochris upon the death of Levi could have even done Yibum with Shimoi. So only because of the only because of the Mimer did that make let's say Leah connected with Levi. If no mimer was done, Leah would not be viewed as connected with Levi and hence his wife. Omar Rav Nachman, Zoysay Meris. From here we see, we, from here we, would con- we conclude, Ein Zika, Fiafilu Bechad Acha. There is no bond. There's no Yibum bond. The term Zika we've seen extensively in many of our past Shiurim. So we're not seeing anything new over here as far as the use of the word Zika. However, Rav Nachman is concluding conclusively that there is no bond between a Yavam and a Yavama. Uh, and even, even when there's only one brother. Now that, that might be a bit confusing. What do you mean only one brother? There's with the death of Ruvain, there were two brothers that were left, Shimon and Levi were left. However, Shimon is excluded from Leah uh, from the very outset because Leah is Shimon's wife's sister. So Shimon is not in the picture with regard to Leah whatsoever. The only brother that is around upon Ruvain's death as far as uh, Yibum is concerned, is Levi. If Levi had not done Mimer with Leah, then Levi's wife, the Nochris, would have been able to do Yibum with Shimon. And we don't view her, we don't view her as being connected with Leah. Even though, when Ruvain died, the only option, Yibum speaking, the only option for her was to marry Leah, Levi, that is. That's of no halachic significance if Levi did not do anything with her. So what we are describing is this non-connection phenomenon is called Ein Zika. And 
Okay, we're saying there's no bond, even where it's very clear who the Yavam is. In a case where there's only one brother, it's very clear who the Yavam is, but yet <coughs> there's no bond. And by, by concluding there's no bond, we are enabling Levi's wife to do Yibum with Shimon. And we're not saying that Levi's wife is a Tzora Bezika, a co-wife through Zika, to Leah. Hence, she, the Nochris, is able to marry Shimon, and Shimon then will have Rochel and the Nochris. Levi's own wife, this Nochris, is not tainted by the fact that Leah was a Yavama. And once again, I know we're sounding a bit repetitive, but once again, that's because of this phenomenon called Ein Zika. So at this point, we have a Mishnah, with an inference from the Mishnah, and Rav Nachman pointing out, from this Mishnah we infer uh, Ein Zika. Now, as we said in our introductory remarks today, Shir, that we're going to do something a little bit unconventional, and that is, we're going to skip down to the last Mishnah on the page. You'll notice in the Gemara itself, marking-wise, another bowtie shape. Now, we didn't point out but now we can, on the side of the Gemara, on the upper part of the page, under the Nosei Mivneh heading, you see a bow tie featured. We said, Ayin Gam Sof Im Yesh Zika. If you skip down to the fourth line from the end of the page, Rav Ashi appears, and he says, Zosimers Yesh Zika. That there is a bond, Afilu Betray Achi, even with two brothers. Even where it's not clear who the Yavam is, Nevertheless, there is a legal bond called Zika between the surviving brothers, and we say this in the plural, and the Yavama. Now, how, now, if you emphasize Rav Ashi, you come out concluding, based on the latter Mishnah, that Yesh Zika, going back to the Mishnah we learned already with Rav Nachman's comment, you come out concluding Ein Zika. And these two opinions are rather extreme. Rav Nachman saying there is no zika, there is no bond, even where there's only one surviving brother that's eligible for yibum. Rav Ashi, on the other hand, is the other extreme. There is a bond, even when it's not clear who the eligible brother is. There are two brothers. So what we'll do is we're going to learn the Mishnah uh, at the bottom of the page, again beginning with the Shlosha Achim introduction. Shlosha Achim. Again, I hope everyone is together with us. We're skipping now to the bottom Mishnah, uh, about ten lines up from the bottom of the page, and there's a chart that accompanies this as well. Shlosha Achim, Shnaimehem Nesuim Shte Achoyas. You have three brothers, and I hope you can see that on the chart: Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. <coughs> Two of them are married to sisters, and you can see Rochel. Leah and Rochel. They're on the chart. Under Ruven you see Leah, and under Shimon you see Rochel. The Echad Nosri Nochris and Levi is married to an unrelated woman. And now the uh, series of events uh, begins. Giresh Echad Giresh Echad Mibale Achoyos Es Ishto. Umes, no, uh, umes nosi nochris. 
So here, we look at the chart, and you notice number one on the chart, Ruvain divorces Leah. He he divorces her, so she's not <clears throat> related to this family anymore. That's the first thing to take place. And the second thing, Umes Nosi Nahris. Levi dies. At that point, Levi dying without children, at that, that second stage of events, there are two surviving brothers, Ruvain and Shimon. The consul Hamagarish. Magarish, you can see there's a three. You see Yibum, three, because at Levi's death, leaving no children, so his wife becomes a Yavama, and Ruvain decides to take her in. So that next to, you see, next to Leah, you see Isha in parentheses, but Leah is no longer in the picture. So Ruvain is married now only to this Isha Nochris. Nochris means unrelated to the others. Umes. So after stage three, stage four, Ruvain now dies. Zuhi Shaomru. It is this case concerning which it has been said, the Kulon Shemesu Onizgashu Tsorosehen Mutoros. Kulon is a reference to the Arias, all the different ervas. In our particular case, Leah was an erva. She was an achis isha vis-a-vis Rachel. But the erva, Leah, she circled. She, she didn't die, but she's nisgarshu. She was cast out. She was removed. Sarosehem, so they're, they're co-wives. Now, when we speak about a co-wife here, we're talking about the Isha. She was a real co-wife, chronologically speaking, because Leah was out of the picture before uh, Ruvain took in the Isha. But for uh, the Mishnah's purposes, we're referring to the Isha as a co-wife. So she is Muteris. Eventually, you can see this, the next stage, the fifth stage, with the death of Ruvain, Shimon can marry her. And we don't view her as a co-wife with Leah. And why not? Because Leah was removed. She was divorced uh, at the very outset of this story. So now, we look at the Gemara, and it draws an inference why is that Nochris, who was married to Reuven, why is she mutter to Shimon? So we said it already, but here the Gemara emphasizes and, and draws an inference. Taimor de Giresh biachakach meis. The permission of the Isha, the Nochris, to Shimon is because Reuven first divorced Leah. And after that, that was the stage one, after that, and only after that, Levi Vachakachmes Levi died. So that at no point was Levi's wife attached to Ruve while he was married to Leah. 
So the only reason that Levi's wife is mutter is that Leah was removed from the picture. When we said that the Levi's wife is mutter, we're saying mutter to Shimon. Why is she mutter to Shimon? The, again, the reason is, is because Levi's wife was never in practice, never in actuality a co-wife with Leah, because Leah was removed before Levi died. Avol, Meis, if we would change the order of events around, having Levi die first, and then in the number two position, Leah being divorced, there's a little chart that you can see that really is designed to accompany Rashi, but you can see that charted out right there where Levi's death is number one. At the point that Levi dies, he leaves two brothers. Who is the Yavam of Levi's wife? It's not clear. Could be Ruvain, could be Shimon. It's not clear. But if Levi died first, and as the Gemara goes on to say, and in the number two position, Leah is divorced, Asura, that Nochus would be Usur eventually to Shimon. <coughs> Why would she be Usur to Shimon? Because upon Levi's death, she becomes linked up, Zekuka, there's a Zika, a, a bond is formed upon Levi's death in the number one position. At that point, his wife, Levi's wife, is considered bound, connected to Ruvain. It's true, there's also Shimon. Two brothers. Even though it's not clear who the of them is, we nevertheless are viewing Levi's wife as being connected with Ruvain. If we view her as that, that means she's a type of Tzora Bezika, a co-wife through Zika with Leah. Now, can Shimon, eventually when Ruvain dies, can, uh, can Shimon marry Leah? No. Why not? Because Leah is Shimon's wife's sister. Can Shimon marry a co-wife of Leah? No, that's a Tsaras Erva. Is the Nochris really a co-wife? So we're saying, yep, through Zika. Not in actual matrimony, because we don't see uh, at stage two, prior to stage two, all that was formed was a Zika. Right after Levi's death, the Nochris became attached to Leah through Zika. And that will prevent the eventual yibum between the Isha Nochris, that's Levi's widow, and Shimon. Omar Rav Ashi, the Gemara continues and says, Zoysemeris, this leads us to conclude. Yesh Zika, Afilu betray Achi. That there is Zika. That's the Zika between Isha Nochris and Ruvain. Even when there are two brothers, there was also Shimon, who was a candidate. He was a Yavam. He could have married Levi's widow as well. That, notwithstanding, forms a bond. A bond is formed. That's the Zika, even if they're two brothers.
So now this conclusion is in diametric opposition to what was concluded above. So if you notice, we have a triangle, and this is explained on the uh, side under the Mivne, Havlotas Mivne Dome. You're going to notice how the Gemara raises some questions. The first question, Ula Rav Ashi, Kashi Rav Nachman. Rav Ashi's conclusion here is difficult in light of Rav Nachman's conclusion from above, where above it seemed that the Isur of the Nochus to Shimon was only because Maimer was done. If not for the Maimer above, if not for Ruvain having made a move with, on the Nochris, she would have been Muteris, because there is no bond between the, uh, in that case it was Leah and Levi. There was no bond formed after Ruvain's death, had Levi not done Maimer. That is what was concluded above. So we concluded above no Zika, and here Ravashi is concluding that there is Zika. So Ravashi responds, Omar Loch Ravashi, Hu Hadin, the same would apply, Diafalgav, the law of Adbo Maimer, Nochus Michlitz Chalzo, Yevumi Lo Miyavno. Ravashi, in referring to the top Mishnah, is telling us that even if Levi had not done Maimer with Leah, the only option upon Levi's death with regard to Shimon would have been Chalitza, no Yibum. And again, that's because of Zika, the wife of Leah, the wife of Levi, that is, is considered attached to Leah, even if Levi had not done any Maimer. The reason the mission on the top featured Maimer was to the exclusion of Beishamai, the Amri, Maimer, Kine, Kinyan, Gomor. According to Beishamai, Maimer creates a full fledged Kinyan. And if that would be the case, after at the top Mishnah, after Levi having done Maimer with Leah, that would make Leah a full-fledged wife of Levi, and therefore Levi's own wife would have gone free even without Chalitza. So the agenda here, according to Ravashi, the agenda of, this Mish- of the Mishnah at the top, which spoke about Maimur, was simply to the exclusion of Beishamai's approach. And just like we posed the top Mishnah as a problem for Rav Ashi, the Bala Mishnah of Lamed Amad Aleph, as you can see the Gemara at the top of Amad Beis, does the same thing, Ulu Rav Nachman Kashio de Rav Ashi. Rav Nachman, who had concluded there is no Zika, and that we concluded from the Mishnah at the top, we pointed out at that point only because Levi had done Maimer with Leah, was there some form of there was, was there a connection was formed but otherwise there would have been no connection so what does Rav Nachman do with the Mishnah that Rav Ashi concluded from that there is Zika so the Gemara goes on second line from the top of Amit Beis you might say that Hu Hadin 
as opposed to what we saw five lines from the bottom of Omid Ba'alef where we said we squiggle underlined uh, a contrasting case where it said Avol in the case there had Levi died before Leah's divorce then the uh, Gomorrah had concluded that the Nochris would have been usher to uh, to Reuven the Gemara here is turning around and saying no you might say that even if first Levi died and only then Reuven had divorced Leah Sarasa Muteres the Sora, that means the the Levi widow would have been mutter to Shimon because Ein Zika, if that were the case, Ella Zuhi Mai. The Mishnah at the bottom said that only in this case where Ruvain had first divorced Leah was the Tsora Muteres. Here we're saying not only in that case, but even if Levi died first and then Ruvain divorced Leah, the Tsara would still be Mutera, so that what is the Zuhi, the limitation expression, or the exclusionary expression of that Bada Mishnah coming to do, the Mutemai? What case would we say that Tsara is Usr? We're saying not only, according to this uh, supposition, not only in the case where. Aruvain first divorces Leah, but even if after Levi's death Ruvain divorced Leah, still Le- that co-wife, that Isha, would be Muteras to Shimon. So what is the Zuhi coming to exclude? The Gemara answers, Limute, it's coming to exclude the case of Kines, the Achar Kachiresh, where after Levi's death, Ruvain actually marries. He does Yibum with Levi's widow, making her an actual co-wife of Leah. And the Gemara then will have to wait because we're not, we can't get too involved with this Sukiya because we skipped so much of Omer Aleph. But what we're trying to do is show the uh, the contrast between Rav Nachman's conclusion and Rav Ashi's conclusion. Rav Nachman drew his conclusion from the top Mishnah that runs in the face of Rav Ashi's conclusion from the bottom Mishnah. We saw how Rav Ashi handles that. And then we turned the tables around and said, well, Rav Nachman had reached a conclusion at the top, but that runs in contrast with the bottom Mishnah. What does Rav Nachman do with the bottom Mishnah? And we, show, we, we demonstrated what he does. However, as we said, we left off in the middle, but that was all in the interest of showing this particular uh, problem, contrast, contradiction, and subsequent resolution. That having been said, let us go back to the second Mishnah on the Daf. We're, we're at the upper part of Daf. Lamed Omen Aleph. Again, a chart. Shloisha Achim. There are three brothers. Shnaimem Nesuim Shtei Achoyos. Two of them are married to two sisters. And we continue with the example of Ruvain married to Leah. Shimon married to Rachel. The Echad Nosi Nochris and Levi is married to an unrelated woman. Mace Hanosi Nochris. Stage 1. 
Levi dies. Levi dies. At that, at that point, his, his widow is a Yavoma, and there are two brothers that could potentially marry her. So, Levi dies. Vikines echod es ishto. That's the next stage. You can see stage two on the chart. Yibum, between Levi's widow and Ruvain. Ruvain takes her in. Ume, stage three. Ruvain dies. Now, at the point Ruvain dies, he leaves his own wife Leah and the Tzorah. Horishona Yoitzis Mishum Achlisisha. The Rishona was the first woman to, to be married to Ruvain. That's Leah. She goes free. She does, she does nothing with Shimon. Shimon, she's an erva to Shimon because Shimon is married to her sister. Ushnia, the Tzora, she goes free also. Mishum Tzorah, because she's the Tzorah, the co-wife of a forbidden woman to Shimon. Now, instead of, this we have a number two, like in the Mishnah before, the same structure. Instead of moving, marrying, doing Yibum, here we have also Bo Maimer Umes. Ruvain, in, in stage two, does Maimer. He gives money to Levi's widow, and then Ruvain, stage three, dies. So now, is Levi's wife a co-wife of Leah? Not 100%, on a, maybe on a rabbinic level. So the Nochus Chaylets is for Lomis Because of this rabbinic bond, we can't let her go free entirely. Uh, so there's a, on a, on a Doraisa level, she, the Isha, the Nochus, is bound to Shimon. There's a Mitzvah Yibom to be done on a Doraisa level. So in order to break that Doraisa bond, Chalitza is necessary. However, we do not allow Yibom. The Gemara asks, Ha Su Lomoli. What does this Mishnah tell us? What does it tell us that I didn't know from before? Hainu Hach. This second Mishnah is essentially the same as the Mishnah before. Not only that, but it's anticlimactic. Hashta Uma Hosam in the first Mishnah. Da'achois Isha. The Achosisha was a subsidiary to the Nochris. Let's go back to the first Mishnah, just at the chart. Just go to the chart itself. What did we see in that case? After Ruvain's death, instead of doing Yibum, Leah was given Maimer by Levi. So Leah is being brought in we, we, in, in that sense, she's subsidiary. So, in a subsidiary state, nevertheless, the Gemara continues, Amris, Nochris Asura. Let's read that again, that line again. Uma Hosam, Da'achoisi Shahaf Nochris, Amris, Nochris Asura. Leah, in that first chart, was a subsidiary woman to Levi and his wife, because she was being brought in from the outside. She was brought in as a, as a Yavoma, but only through Mimer. And yet, in that subsidiary state, she prohibits 
the widow of Levi eventually of doing Yibum with Shimon. So in a subsidiary state, she affects the Nochris. Hacha, the Nochris have your Tzora. Here in the second Mishnah, and again you can look at the chart, where the Isha, the Nochris, is subsidiary to the Erva, to Leah. Leah is an Erva vis-a-vis Rachel and Shimon and Rachel. So where she is brought in as a through Mimer, and she is a subsidiary, all the more so Leah will affect her, will Aser, will prevent the Nochris from doing Yibom. This Mishnah then is totally unnecessary. Just to repeat, if I had the first Mishnah, I could figure out the Halachas in this second Mishnah. In the first Mishnah, where in, as a subsidiary, the Erva ruins the Yibom chances of the Nochris, where the Erva is the mainstay, certainly she will ruin the Nochris's chances of eventual Yibum with Shimon. So why do we have this Mishnah? The Gemara answers, Tano, Hach Tano Beresha. In truth, chronologically in the development of the Mishnayis, this second Mishnah was actually taught first. And the first Mishnah on the page was viewed at that point in time as actually being allowed. In other words, Levi's wife was viewed at that at that at that point and called in the Mishnayas historical development was point viewed at that point as actually being muteris to marry Shimon upon the uh, the death of Levi. And why is that? The reasoning as we said already. In the second mission on the page, that's obvious that where the Nochris is brought in through Mimer as a subsidiary to the Erva, the Erva ruins the Nochris' chances of doing Yibum with Shimon. But where the Nochris is not subsidiary, but the Erva is subsidiary, so she's being brought in through Mimer. When Levi dies, leaving his, leaving his real wife, there, it was felt that she can do Yibum with Shimon. The, the Erva, as a subsidiary, doesn't taint the status of Levi's wife. However, the Gemara goes on, V'hodar Chazio Then, it was viewed as also being prohibited. Namely, the case at the top where the Erva was subsidiary, but Mimer was done between her and Levi. Levi brought her in through Mimer, so that was viewed subsequently as also prohibiting the Nochris from eventually doing Yibum with Shimon. The Aidi de Chaviva lay Akdemo. And since it was beloved, Chaviva was dear to the authors of the Mishnayas. It was Akdemo, it was placed first, it was given precedence or preeminence in the order of the Mishnayas as they're presented.
However, the original teaching remained in its place. Umishna lo zaza mimakoma. What we have as the second Mishnah on the page originally was was really the first teaching. It remains in its place, so that it's on our page. The second mission appears as second mission, but really it was the first Mishnah, and that which is at the top was placed was a was a subsequent revelation, but it was placed ahead of the original teaching because of this phenomenon in the, that's, that's called Chaviva it's a Chiddush it's something that you didn't think of immediately it's something it's a novel point and hence it was given uh, preeminence we continue with another case again we see there's a chart with a single star next to it so you have three brothers, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Ruvain and Shimon are married to sisters, and Levi married to an unrelated woman. So, stage one. <coughs> Ruvain dies. Stage two, there's Yibum. You see that the Nosinochus, Levi, takes in Leah. And hence you can see why Leah's name appears in parentheses, Next to Isha. Uh, at the point that Ruvain died, Leah, it should be very clear, was eligible only to Levi. Shimon was uh, forbidden in doing even with Leah. That's Shimon's wife's sister. So we said stage two is Levi did Yibum with Leah. Rochel dies. The Ishto Shelsheni, the is the second brother of the two brothers married to two sisters. Well, so the Ishto Shelsheni, that's Rochel in our case, that's stage three, she dies. The Achakach Mes Nosui Nochris. And then stage four, Levi dies. In all of these cases, of course, there are no children. Upon Levi's death, the only surviving brother is Shimon. Can Shimon do? Uh, can Shimon do evil? Hare zu asura alav oilomis. The. The possibility of Shimon doing Yibum here is forbidden permanently. The uh, uh, Leah, you see, at this point that Levi dies, Leah is no longer the sister of Shimon's wife because Shimon's wife is already dead. But at the point that Leah became a Yavama, she was usher to Shimon. As the Mishnah says, Leah is usher forever. Since for a moment, that means when Ruvain died, Shimon could not have married her because he was still married to Rachel. So she remains usher forever.
Before we continue, let us glance at the side where we have a topic heading, the Nosei, HaGemorah Meviyah Dinoi Shel Rav, Di'ein Yibum Elohim Kein Hiruyah Lekach, Bishas Nefila. Rav tells us that there is no Yibum unless she was fit to be married at the time she became a widow. Afterwards, the Gemara then tries to discover what does Rav inform us when we see that his din is already taught in the Mishnah itself. So now the Gemara. Omar Rav Yudam Rav. Kol Yavoma, Sheina ni Kore Bo Bishas Nefila, Yavoma, Yavoy Elea. Any Yavoma concerning whom I cannot apply the verse that says that the Yavam will marry her, Hare, he, Keeshes Ach, Sheesh Lobonem Viasura. If at the time she becomes a widow, she is prevented from mitzvah zibum, even though circumstances change later on, that initial label sticks, and she is simply viewed as a sister-in-law, an eshesach, the wife of one's brother who leaves children. Of course, in our sugya there are no children that are left, but it's it's this, halachically, it's legally the same as if children were left. And of course, if a man dies, leaving children, his wife is strictly forbidden to his surviving brother. So, Rav Yudah tells us, Rav Yudah in the name of Rav tells us that any Yavoma, a woman who becomes a widow, and there's a surviving uh, husband's brother, her brother-in-law survives, if she is not fit at that point for Yibum, she remains permanently forbidden. Even, as we said, even though circumstances change later on, whatever prohibiting factors were there ceased to be, that doesn't change her initial status of being forbidden. The Gemara asks, My Komash Molon, what does Rav Yudamarav inform me that I didn't know before Tanina? This was taught in our Mishnah. And you notice we're using this crown shape on the side under the Mivneh heading. These are Kushios Shel Tanina. This uh, and the next crown are questions on what is Rav Yudah Amarav telling me that I wouldn't have known from Mishnayas. So here the Gemara asks, our Mishnah taught that very same point. Hare zu asura alav oilomis. Hail venesra alav shoachas. We saw, once again in our chart, in our diagram which illustrated the Mishnah, when Ruvain died, at that point, Shimon could not have married Leah, because Shimon was married at that point to her sister. True, later on Rachel dies, but that doesn't change the initial picture. So our question is, what do I need Rav Yudamara for when that information is contained in our Mishnah? The Gemara answers, Mahu detemo hani mili hecha delo echselo benefilo rishona. Avol hecha de echselo benefilo rishona, emo tishtari. Now we go over this. I would have thought that the teaching of the Mishnah applies 
only hecho de lo exia lo benefila rishona, where she, where Leah was not fit to Shimon during the nefila rishona. What does that mean, nefila rishona? So we look at Rashi. Rashi is found on the upper half of the page. The Nefila Rishona. Kol Zman Nefila Rishona Hoiso Ishtoi Kayemes Shehi Achosa That as long as she was still in a widow state, her sister was alive. So I would have thought that the prohibition of Leah to Shimon is limited to a situation where as long as Leah was a widow from the initial Nephila, from Ruvain's death, her sister was alive. In other words, the Nosi Nochris, our, in our case Levi, took in Leah before Rochel died. However, we continue in the Gemara, However, imagine a case where after Ruvain dies, Shimon's wife dies before Levi takes her in. That means during the initial widowhood of Leah, her sister dies. So I would have thought that maybe under those circumstances, eventually when, uh, after Levi dies, Leah will be muteris to Shimon. Because, just to repeat, because during her initial widowhood, the preventing factor ceased to be a problem. Her sister died. So Rav is telling me that even under, under those circumstances, Leah is permanently forbidden to Shimon. And that being because when she initially became a widow, at the moment she became a widow, her sister was still alive. The Gemara asks, nami tanina. This point of information is also found in Tanaic sources. And here we have a, a Mishnah from later on. Shnei Achim, Nesuim Shtei Achoyos, two brothers married to two sisters. Meis Echod Mehem, let's just say Ruvain and Shimon are married to Leah and Rochel respectively. Ruvain dies. V'acharkach Meiso Ishtoi Shel Sheni, and after Ruvain dies, then Rochel dies. Harei zu asura olav oilomis. Leah remains forbidden to Shimon. Hoyol v'nesra olav shachas because she was forbidden for a moment. So we see here that even though during her initial widowhood the the preventing factor ceases to be, that does not that does not cause permission for Yibum does not allow Yibum so even without Rav Yehuda Omar Rav I see the point that when 
a woman becomes a widow, if at that moment she is not fit for Yibum with a particular brother, that prohibition remains permanently. So what do I need Rav Yudam Arav to tell me that point for? The Gemara answers, Mahu detemo, had I had just the, that second mission, the second crown, and not had Rav Yudam Arav, I would have thought In that case, there was only one surviving brother, it was Ruven and Shimon. And at the point of Ruven's death, so Leah, the widow, could not marry Shimon. She was cast out of that household, out of that family. Beso is a, is a family completely cast away. There were no other brothers. But in our case, where there is Levi, who's married to the Nochris, the lo idchi law mehai beisolagami. Leah was not cast out of this household altogether. It's true that when Ruvain died, Shimon could not marry Leah because Shimon was married to her sister, but she was eligible to be married to an, to another one of the brothers, to Levi. Ema, I would have thought, migu dechazio lahai nosi Nochris since she was fit for Yibum to that brother, to the Nosinoks, to Levi, Chazionami Lahai, that enables her to be fit in, in, in potential to Shimon. Namely, that uh, if, if, uh, if Rochel uh, dies uh, after after Leah becomes a widow, she's Leah's not cast away from this family altogether. She's shy as she's uh, allowed to marry Levi, and by the by that by that uh, let's say power, she's also uh, uh, um, enabled to marry eventually Shimon. Komash Malon Rav tells us not so. Once again. Even in a case where she's not cast out of the family, since at the initial point of becoming a widow, Leah was unable to marry Shimon, the fact that somewhere along the way, Shimon's wife, who was, we'll say, the prohibiting factor, dies, that does not, uh, that does not create permission for Leah to do Yibum with Shimon. Because of the rule, any Yavoma that I cannot apply the posik of Yavoma, Yavoyalel, that Yibum can be done, at the point she becomes a widow, she remains permanently prohibited to that particular brother in law. And now we continue with the next Mishnah. This we are going to go through again as if we didn't learn it before. But. As we saw earlier, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be raising the, the uh, question of Zika. Is there Zika or not? And as we saw at the top of the page, Rav Nachman coming to a conclusion regarding the matter, saying that from the mission above, we are concluding Ein Zika. Here we have a Mishnah. Use the chart again, even though we did this before. You've got Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Ruvain and Shimon are married to sisters Leah and Rochel, respectively. And Levi married to an unrelated woman. Giresh, 
Echod Mibale Achoyasis Ishto. You know, in our chart, we have a stage one, Ruvain divorces Leah. So that's the first thing that happens. Leah is removed from the family before any shyness of Yibum even get off the ground. No, none of the brothers die. Leah is removed. Umes nosi nochris. And the second event, Levi dies. Levi leaves his wife a widow. She is the, we call her the nochris. The Konsa Megarish, third stage, the Megarish is Ruven who had divorced his original wife. Ruven takes her in, takes in the Nochris Beyibom. That's stage three. Stage four, Umes, then Ruven dies. Leaving only Shimon. Shimon is able to do Yibom. With whom? With his brother's wife. Who's his brother's wife? The Nochris. That's Ruvain's wife at that at the point of Ruvain's death. Ruvain was married to the Nochris. Ruvain dies, leaving no children. The Nochris does Yibum with Shimon. Zuhi Shomru. <clears throat> it's in this case that we say the Kulon Shemeson is Garshu. In all cases of Ervas, there are fifteen forbidden women featured at the beginning of the Mesichta. They are called the Ervas. Where any of the Ervis either dies or gets divorced, Tsarosehen Mutaros, the, the co-wife is then allowed. So now, once again, I know that we did this earlier in our shear today, but some time has lapsed. Is the Nochris a co-wife of Leah in truth? Well, no. Leah was divorced at the very outset, before any Yibum questions came up, Leah was removed from the picture. The Gemara says, The reason the Nochris is muteris in a Yibum uh, setup, the reason she's allowed to do Yibum, is because the Erva, Leah, was removed from the picture before Levi died. Avol meis v'achachakirish. If Levi died first, and now and then leaving a widow, that widow would not be allowed to eventually do yibum with Shimon. Why not? Because at the point that Levi dies, if he dies first. A bond is formed between Isha and Ruvain, who's married to an Erva vis-a-vis Shimon. So if Levi died and then Ruvain divorces Leah, Asura, the Nochus will be Asur to Shimon. Omar Ravashi, Zosomeris, from this we see, Yesh Zika, that there is a bond. There's a bond between the Nochris and Ruvain. Hafilu betrayach, even where there's another brother who was also eligible for Yibom. Shimon 
could have done Yibum with Levi's widow as well. So even though it's not clear who the Avam is, we say there is a bond formed. And that bond would make the Nochris, Levi's widow, as a co-wife of Leah. And as such, even though Leah might be divorced afterwards, she's stuck with the label of co-wife of Erva, and where Ravashi is Medayik, that the, once that label uh, uh, is stuck to a woman, co-wife of Erva, she remains that way, and then uh, eventually when Ruvain dies, Shimon cannot marry that Nochris. The Gemara asks, Ula Ravashi, Kashya de Rav Nachman, according to Ravashi, that concludes from the Mishnah, that there is a bond, does that conclusion uh, hold up against what Rav Nachman concluded above? Above, Rav Nachman concluded that there is no Zika. If you recall, in that first case, we go, we're going back to the chart at the top where Reuven died. We said that eventually Leah would be ushered to Shimon, but only because Levi had done Mimer with Leah, making, uh, making Leah and, and, and Levi's wife the, the Nochris co-wives. And not only is Leah usher, well, Leah is obviously usher to Shimon, but, but the co-wife is usher to Shimon. And why? Only because Levi had done Mimer with Leah. Had he not done anything? When Levi dies, we said at the top, Shimon could have done Yibum with, uh, with Levi's widow showing us that there is no bond with, in the absence of any action. No Yibum, no Maimer, there's no bond. So is that not a problem for Ravashi? Omar Loch Ravashi, who Adin, the same prohibition would apply between Levi's widow and Shimon, the Afagab, the law of Adbo Maimer, even if even if Levi had not done Mimer with Leah, Levi's widow would have only been subject to Chalitza and no Yibum because of the Zika. There is Zika. And the Zika makes it such that Levi's widow is a co-wife of Leah. And Leah is an erva to Shimon. The fact that the Mishnah taught that circumstance, or that case where Levi had done Maimer with Leah, the Mishnah had a separate agenda. It was trying to teach me the Halacha, it spoke about to the exclusion of Beishamai, the Omar, Beishamai is known to have said, Maimer Kine, we continue at the top of Omid Beis, Kinyan Gomor. Now, by saying Maimer Kine, Kinyan Gomor, that means that Levi's at the top Mishnah, Levi's Maimer with Leah would make Leah like a complete wife, 
and Leah's own original wife is a co-wife of an erva, and as such, now Kenyan Gomor would mean that upon Levi's death, the Nochris would go free without even Chalitza. Komash Molon, the here at the top of Lamed Omid Beis tells us that we conclude unlike Beishamai, namely, Levi's widow needs Chalitza to release her. And that the mimer that Levi did with Leah did not create a full-fledged bond, a full-fledged marriage. So that, as far as Rav Ashi is concerned, there is a bond even without any mimer having been done between Levi and Leah. And as a result of that, chalitza is necessary. Uh, however, and yibum is not allowed, that is, that uh, Levi's widow, Levi's own wife, will not be able to do yibum with Shimon because of the zika. And the reason that Mimer was taught, even though there is, there is definitely, as far as Rashi is concerned, there is definitely Zika even without the Mimer. But we needed to teach the case of Mimer to the exclusion of Beis Shammai's approach, which would have had you believe that as a result of the Mimer, you don't even need Chalitza to free up uh, Levi's widow. The Gemara continues. Well, again, we're at the top of Omid base, the uh, triangle that you see. Ulo Rav Nachman Kashia the Ravashi. Now, Rav Nachman had concluded Ein Zika. Does not Rav Ashi's conclusion present a problem? From Rav Ashi's conclusion, it appeared that there was Zika. And, and just to repeat, or to review, how did Ravashi come to that conclusion? Well, he, he made an inference. And that inference we highlighted with our markings five lines from the bottom of Amad Aleph, there was an avol that we squiggle underline. And we had a, a chart that accompanied that case where we said, had Levi died first, Levi is in, in the number one position, dying first, and only then Ruvain divorced Leah, had that been the case, Levi's wife, the Nochris, would have been rendered permanently forbidden to Shimon. That was a contrast case to what the Mishnah had taught. So what we're going to do now in the Gemara is as far as, as we should point out, of course, that by having Levi die first and then concluding that that his widow is permanently prohibited uh, in, in Yibum to Shimon, that shows Zika. So the Gemara continues now on the second line from the top. You might want to say that the same heter would apply not only when Ruvain in the first move divorces Leah but even if Levi dies first and then Ruvain divorces Leah the 
the Nochris, that we call her Tsarosa, she's the co-wife, so to speak, will be Muteris eventually to Shimon. If, if then you're saying there are two cases that are allowed, that the Nochris would be allowed to Shimon eventually. Well then, Ella, Zuhi Lemutemai. In the Mishnah, you saw the expression Zuhi. That was a limitation expression, giving you the impression that only in this case, namely only in the case where Reuven first divorces Leah, do we open up the possibility of the Isha Nochris doing eventually Yibam with Shimon. And now we're saying not only that case, but the case where Levi dies first. Also, his widow will eventually be Muteris in Yibam as long as Ruvain before his death. He divorces the Erva. So then what is Zuhi of our Mishnah coming to exclude? Mutemai, what, what case will the will the Nochris be Asura? So far, the Mishnah shows us how she is Muteris. Then this other case, we're saying she's Muteris, so where is there a case of her being forbidden? The Gemara answers, Limute Kines V'achakach Giresh. If after Levi dies, Ruvain, before he does anything with Leah, Ruvain's married to Leah, and he takes in Levi's widow. So at that point, Levi's widow and Leah are real co-wives in the fullest sense of the word. Oh, so in that case, when Ruvain dies, uh, even though before his death he does divorce Leah, but since before his death and before he divorced Leah, Leah and the widow of Levi were real co-wives, so Levi's widow, we call her the Tsara, she is tainted or, and thereby prohibited as a co-wife of an erva of marrying Shimon. She's, how, do, how is she a co-wife of an erva? Because Shimon is married to Rochel and Levi's widow was a co-wife in a literal sense with Leah, so she's a Tsaras Erva, and therefore she's usher to marry Shimon in Yibam when Ruvain dies. The Gemara continues now with what is essentially is a question. It's a long question. The Gemara says, Ha-nicha isavar lo kurabirmiya. This explanation that uh, Rav Nachman is is giving will be fine, will be good if he holds like Rebbe Now here, the Gemara itself is is rather um, brief. It's rather abbreviated. It's referring to sukkis that we learned a long time ago in the Masichta. Before we go on in the Gemara, I think it will be beneficial for us to look over a note that we have in the margin that we call Taktsir. This is a uh, an, uh, a brief overview <coughs> of a number of different scenarios, most, uh, m- m- uh, most of which we've already seen. And we're analyzing throughout this discussion the 
connection between the Nochris and Reuven. So on the under the Taktsir heading, we've written Haima Nochris Nietzoras Leah. Do we say that the Nochris becomes a co-wife of Leah? Nafkamina in Bemisas Reuven Tiamuteras Lishimon. This whole analysis has halachic bearing on the question of the permiss- permissibility of of the Nochris upon the death of Reuven to do Yibom with Shimon. Shonos with different uh, possibilities. The first Girish Ruvain That's the we'll call it the most obvious case of permission, where Ruvain removes the Erva, he divorces Leah, and only then Levi dies. So that Leah is removed from this family picture before any of the brothers die. That's the clearest situation of a say, non-connection between the Nochris and Leah. Next case. Meis Levi v'achakach kireish ruvenes Leah. Where Levi dies, the Nochris becomes a widow, and then Ruvain divorces Leah. So in that case, which we've discussed already as well, it, uh, the Nochris is not an actual co-wife of Leah. Before Ruvain does anything, he divorces Leah. However, the Nochris has already become a widow. Another case. Mace, Levi. Levi dies kines Ruvain as Hanochris. This is the case we most recently saw, where after Levi dies, Ruvain takes in the Nochris while he's married to Leah, the Acharkach Ruvain as Leah. And only after the Nochris becomes a real co-wife, then Ruvain divorces Leah. Yesh Litzayin, the Mikre Ho'acharon, Hanochis Hoysutsrosh as we pointed out, in this last case, the Nochris was an actual co-wife with Leah. Bishas Nisuin, at the time of the marriage, Avolo Bishas Misa, Shel But she was not a co-wife, the Nochris was not a co-wife at the time that Ruvain died. So it's true that the Nochris was a co-wife, but she wasn't a co-wife at the time she became a Yavoma to Shimon. <clears throat> so we said, now uh, if we just focus on that last point in the note, there was, a, there was an element of co-wife which prohibits her by virtue of the fact that at the time she married Ruvain, she was a co-wife with the erva. One might, however, analyze co-wife Tzorah's status not based on initial marriage, but based on the story, the situation at the point the husband in question actually dies, where the Yibum Shaila sets in. And here we're talking about the Yibum Shaila vis-a-vis Shimon. You can possibly say that 
Yibum's status is determined not at the point of initial marriage, but rather at the point of the death of her husband. If you say that, so at the point that Ruvain dies, Leah is no longer married to Ruvain. So that she, the Nochus, is not at Soros Erva. Because Soros' status is determined only by the point of death. So now we go back to the Gemara. And we had said on the third, fourth line from the top, our Mishnah that describes a heter of the Nochris to Shimon was not limited to the case of the Mishnah itself, as Rav Nachman would have you believe. But even in a second case, where first Levi died, and then Reuven divorced the Erva. So then where is a case of the Tzoras Erva being Osir? So we said on the fourth line from the top, <clears throat> that's only where after Levi dies, Reuven marries the Nochris and only then divorces the Erva. So the Gemara says, <clears throat> that is fine, ha nicha, that works out, that answer works out. E sovar law, if Rav Nachman holds, kribirmiya, like kribirmiya's approach in resolving contradictory Mishnayas, the Yomar Rav Yirmiya said, Tavra, Misha, Shonazu, Lo, Shonazu. He who taught one Mishnah did not teach the other Mishnah. And here we're being a bit brief, Rashi uh, points out that this is a discussion we saw in the first parak. If we look together at the Rashi, Honicho Isavarlo Rav Nachman Kribirmiya, Diomar Beperek Kamo, Ki Rominon Ho Masnison, when we raised a seeming contradiction between this Mishnah that said, Dezuhi, Dememait, that excluded from Heter, Kines, Ulubasov Giresh, where if Using our example, if Reuven married the Nochris and only then divorced the Erva, the, uh, the, the Nochris remains Asura. So that's one position. Ahahi Katani against another Mishnah, which said, the Kulon in this Garshu, the other Mishnah says that, that any time the Erva is divorced, uh, before the death of the husband, so the co-wife is Muteris, even though they there was Kine Subasokyush, even though Ruvain took in the Nachris and only afterwards divorced the Erva of the Omarabiumiotavro. So that if you as far as Rabium is concerned, how do you paskin in a case of Kine Subasov Giresh, where you took in the Nachris and made a co-wife out of her, and and only then was the Erva divorced? So one Mishnah indicates that Kines Ulbasov Giresh is, it doesn't help the fact that he divorced the Erva before his death. And the other Mishnah says that it does help that he divorced the Erva before his death because only Misama Pelis. So then we can say, let's continue in our Gemara text. So if Rav Nachman holds like Rabbi Yirmiya, that says that with regard to the issue of Kines Ulbasov Giresh, it's a machlokis tanoim. The high tana sovar misama The uh, Mishnah in the first parak 
would hold that only at the time of death, if they are co-wives, is she forbidden. And our Mishnah holds that the initial marriage is what establishes her co her Sora status, her co-wife status, co-wife as an Erva. So we can say, Zuhi Limute, the Zuhi of our Mishnah is coming to exclude Limute Kines Ulabasov Giresh. That in fact, since the initial marriage of the Tzora to Reuven uh, while she was while Reuven was still married to Leah to the Erva that establishes co-wife status so we can say that uh, it, that in that case the Nochris is Asura so that if Rav Nachman accepts Rav Yirmiyah's approach to the Mishnayis we will have a uh, will have a basis for saying that Kines of the Sofkiresh creates an Iser of the Tzara. And then the Zuhi of our Mishnah is, say, is saying as follows that the, 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 the cases we saw where Levi dies first, and, and certainly a case where Uvein first divorces Leah and then Levi dies, those cases, the, the uh, Nochriz is Muteris because she was never actually a co-wife. But, in the case of Kinev Sosof Kiresh, their Zuhi, um, that's the case being excluded by the Mishnah, where the co-wife will be Asura. Eloi Sovar Lo Kerova. However, if Rav Nachman holds like Rava, that only Misa Mapeles, the two Mishnayas that we saw referred to in Rashi where we had our triangles in Rashi those two Mishnayas are really authored by one Tana that in the case of Kines Ulubasov Girish is Mutter and I don't have to tell you that Girish Ulubasov Kines is Muteres, that even that case is Mutter. Well, I, 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 let's say that again. That the case of Kines, where there's, she becomes an actual co wife, or the Nox becomes an actual co wife to the Erva, she'll be Muteres. And certainly a case where the Erva is divorced first and then Ruvain takes in the, uh, the Nochris, so that. All of these cases are, mutero, are mutoros. So zuhi limute mai. What? Where is there a case of the of the tsara being forbidden? So that if Rav Nachman holds like Rava's analysis of those mishnayos, I don't have a case of of uh, of divorce. A case involving divorce to be excluded. All the cases of Divorce, we find the tsara as being muteres. So, what will our Mishnah be coming to exclude? What case of divorce will our Mishnah be coming to exclude? Al So, therefore, we have to say that Rav Nachman, in his analysis of the Mishnayas, goes like Rabirmiyos, not like Rava. Now the Gemara asks, Ula Rava. Rava holds that co-wife status is established 
only at the point of death is the co-wife a, a co-wife of the erva at the point that the uh, husband dies or not. It's determined that we call that misomapeles. Rava is an Amora. Now he has to grapple with our Mishnah. Ha i sovar lo ashi. Things will work out well if he holds like Rav Ashi. Now Rav Ashi is, uh, was featured at the bottom of Lamed Amad Aleph who concluded from our Mishnah that Yesh Zika so, uh, and if if you if uh, Rava holds like Ravashi, then Zuhi, the case of our Mishnah that is excluded, Limute will come to exclude. Again, let's just go over the point here that our Mishnah features a case where the Nochris. Uh, that is, uh, Levi's widow eventually will be Muteris to do Yibum with Shimon. So, Rava, who holds Misoma Peles, will make, be able to make sense of our Mishnah if he holds like Ravashi, that, and then Zuhi, Limute, the, the Zuhi expression is coming to exclude the case of Mes Beloi Giresh, where Levi dies without Reuven having divorced his wife. If Levi dies without Reuven having divorced his wife, so and you hold Yesh Zika, so a co-wife bond status is established between the Nochris and Leah. Leah is an erva to Shimon. If Rava is going to hold like Rav Nachman, that there is no Zika, the exclusion of the Mishnah is coming to do what? What's it, what case of Gerishin is the Mishnah coming to exclude? When after all, according to Rava, the Tzorah will will always be Muteris unless she's a co-wife at the time that the husband dies, a co-wife to the erba. So what's the Zuhi going to exclude? Al-Korchuch, therefore we have to conclude, Kirav Ashi Sviralei, that Rava learns the Mishnayas like Rav Ashi. Hence, giving meaning to the Zuhi expression, excluding the case of Mace below Giresh. We continue with the new Mishnah. Uh, before we learn the Mishnah, we glance at the side where we have a Nosea topic heading. Din Tsaros Erva, Kishoyu Ervos Atzmon Besafek. We're going to be looking at the status of the co wife of the Erva when the Erva herself was the subject of doubt. Aleph Grushos, Suffolk, whether the Erva was divorced. And Bayes Mikudosha, Suffolk, whether the Erva was ever married in the first place. The Mishnah here is referring to the 15 forbidden women 
forbidden in Yibum, as we saw at the very first Mishnah of the Masechta, all of them uh, that had a Kiddushin, a marriage, or Gerishim, or a divorce, the Suffolk, where there's an element of doubt. Harei elu hatsorois chotsos velo misyabmois. The co-wives will then do chalitza, but no yibum. So we have uh, to imagine uh, keeping things as simple as possible. You have uh, Reuven and Shimon. Imagine that Reuven has two wives. One is a we'll call it an, an outside woman, an unrelated woman. And he also married his niece, Shimon's daughter. So if there was a full-fledged marriage between Ruvain and Shimon's daughter, when Ruvain dies, so obviously Shimon is not going to do Yibum with his daughter, but he doesn't do Yibum either with the co-wife. And as a result of her being the co-wife of an erva, even Chalitza is not necessary. That's standard procedure. The, basically the opening of our Mesichta. However, let us say Ruvain is married definitely to a particular woman unrelated to Shimon, and the erva to Shimon is in a state of doubt. Is she married to Ruvain or not? So our Mishnah says you can have the doubt on the initial marriage side of things or you can have a doubt arising concerning a divorce before Reuven's death where Reuven possibly divorced the erva. So now the Mishnah goes on. Ketzad Sofei Kedushin What is the case involving doubt of marriage? Zorak law kiddushin. Ruvain through money, which is a form of marriage, a, a means of entering marriage. So he threw the kiddushin, the money of matrimony, to his niece. Sofek koroiv loy, sofek koroiv law. And there is a doubt whether it was closer to him or closer to her. If the money was closer to him, then she would not be married. If the money reached a point closer to her, then she would be married. But we are in doubt. That's called Suffolk Kiddushin. Suffolk Gerishin, what is involved in the case of Suffolk Gerishin? Now, interestingly, the Mishnah does not feature the throwing of a get. We'll raise that issue, why that doesn't appear in this section of the Mishnah. So what is Sophic Gerishin? Kosav Biksav Ruvain wrote a document of divorce, uh, divorcing his niece, Shimon's daughter, with his handwriting, in his own handwriting, but there are no witnesses on the document. Or there are witnesses signing the document, but there's no date. Or, there is a date, but there's only one witness that signed it. 
there's a Rashi that you find under the, in the widest lines under the Toysus commentary. Yeshol of Aden Vein Bozman, Kosuv, there are witnesses, but there's no date. O Yesh Bozman, or there's a date, Vein Bo Elo Aid Echod, Vieno Ksav Yodo Shabao. There's a date, but there's only one witness, and it's not uh, in the handwriting of the husband. So, so Suffolk Gerishin, uh, these are examples of Suffolk Gerishin, of questionable divorce documents. The Amrina Masechah's Gitten Rashi goes on to quote the Gemar and Gitten, Gimel Gitten Psulin, the Mises of Vlad Kosher. There are three examples of unfit Gitten, however, they're not so unfit to the extent that she's considered still a married woman, therefore, if she marries someone else having received such a document, the child with that new husband is Kosher, it's not a Mamzer, it's not considered a union of a man with a married woman to some other man. The Elohim and the Mishnah there lists off what they are. Let's, we continue now in the um, in our Gemara. The Elu the Elu Begerishin Sofek Korov Lo Sofek Korov Lo Lo Kotoni why does our Mishnah, when describing the case of Suffolk Gerishin, not feature a case of Ruvain throwing a document in the direction of the daughter of Shimon, his, the Erva? And there is a doubt whether it reached closer to her or remained closer to him. If it would be closer to her, that would be a divorce. If it remains closer to him, She's not divorced. So why not present that case as, a, as an example of Suffolk Gerushin? Now, of course, you have to bear in mind as we go through this Gemara, the, the Nafkamina in all of these cases is what is going to be with regard to the Tzara. Uh, let, let's also point out that this case of Sofek Korov Law, Sofek Korov Law is not taught because in that case the Tsara will not even need Chalitza. Our Mishnah is coming to tell you cases where as a result of the Sofek, as a result of the doubt or the weakness in the situation, we aren't, we're not going to allow the Tsara, the co-wife of the Erva, to do Yibum, but we will require her to do Chalitza. However, the case of Gerish and Sofei Korov Lo, Sofei Korov Lo, we're telling you, inferring from the Mishnah, that in, in such a case, the Tsara will not even need Chalitza. Before we go further, we should note on the side under the Nosei, we have also an indication that this topic is very long. It goes to Lamed Aleph Omid Beis. So unfortunately, in the context of our Daf Yomi Shiurim, we're not going to be able to cover the entire topic in this Shiur. But it says, and our note says, Lomo Loi Kotoni Bein Hasfeikois Gerushin. Sofeik Korov Lo, Sofeik Korov Lo. Why is this case not taught? So we uh, continue in the Gemara text. Omar Rabba. Rabba explains. Isha Zu, the co-wife 
of the erva. Ruvain is married to two women. He's married to a an erva of Shimon. That means Shimon's as an as one example. There are many different examples, but he's married to Shimon's daughter, just as one example. He's definitely married to her, and he's married to another woman in definite terms. And now the issue of the divorce of the erva was Shimon's daughter divorced by Ruvain or not. So as far as what we know with certainty, we know that at one point the, the, the other wife of Ruvain, Ishazu Becheskas Heter Lushuk Omedes, she had a status of being Muteres to marry out upon the death of Ruvain, her husband, without any need for Chalitza. Because up till the point of the the question of the Erva's divorce, we knew she was a co-wife of an Erva. And as the first mission of the Masechta taught, the co-wife of an Erva is exempt from Chalitza. So she was Becheskas Heter Lashuk. Heter means permission, Lashuk, to marry out. Umi Sofek Ato Bo Laosra and on the grounds that maybe the erva was divorced, you want to prohibit the co-wife from marrying out? Al Tesranami Sofek, don't prohibit her from from marrying out based on a doubt. So rather, she is the the tsoras erva is muteres l'shuk without any chalitza because of this chazoka. She had a chesgas, the status of being muteres. She was a definite co-wife at one point. But later on, some kind of doubt arose that should not a doubt should not alter her chazoka. And as a result of that, she goes free without Chalitza. Now, as we go on in the more, we're going to see an extensive use of the triangle marking. The triangles will appear in alternating directions on the side. Under the Mivneh, we call this a Ma'akav, an attempt to keep track of a give-and-take style Gemara. The triangle uh, point facing upwards, Kushos, they represent questions. The inverted triangle, Chuvos, responses. The Gemara. Omar le Abaye. Abaye addresses Rabbo. Ihochi bekidushin nami nemo. With regard to the issue of kidushin, why not use the same type analysis? Isha zu the tsora the co-wife becheskas heter liyavamomedes. She was known to be a full-fledged wife of Reuven. As far as the erva entering the picture, that was a doubt. And based on a doubt that maybe the Erva married Ruvain, you're going to prevent the co-wife of doing Yibum? Don't answer her, don't prevent Ruvain's other wife, the co-wife, from doing Yibum. Gamora answers, well there's a difference. Hosam lechumra. Our approach to Kedushin is a stringency. The stringency, in other words, there's, there's a chazaka, yes, there's a chezkaz heter, but we're, we're allowing the suffix to impose a stringency, a limitation. No yibum. We're saying that Sarah 
does not do Yibam. So where, where there's an issue of Humrah, of imposing a stringency, so then we will allow the suffix to affect the Chazaka. But in the other direction, to allow a suffix to affect the Chazaka, which would, re, which would result in leniency, so that we don't do. And therefore, in the, uh, in the case of the uh, of the uh, Sufi Gerishin, the by in, by uh, uh, introducing or by introducing uh, the suffix, you would be uh, you would be affecting this. We'll call it affecting this in the direction of leniency, and as the Spirit said, that we must avoid. And, and as we said, with regard to the, the case of the get, the suffix in the get, we were preserving, we'll say, the stringency of not allowing her to do yibum. We were freeing her to the shuk, total avoidance of yibum. In the case of the kiddushin, we are preserving stringency by, or we're, we're imposing stringency by allowing the suffix to affect the status of of her having had a status being mutter to the koite being mutter to do yibum we're introducing the we're allowing the suffix to alter that and impose a restriction the gemara asks are you so sure uh, no, so they have the uh, say the uh, abaye asking back are you so sure that this is pure stringency hi humra the asi lide kulahu by insisting on the co-wife doing chalitza, you're actually leading to a situation of, of uh, leniency, of actual avera. Zimnin, the ozil hu, the uh, person, the uh, ruvain, who was makadesh the erva besafek, he might go umekadesh law laachoisa kidushe vadai, and he'll marry her sister, the the uh, the, the the sister of the erva, a kidushe vadai, a uh, a def- definite kidushin. Vinami, another situation. Zimnin de Oso Acher Umekadesh Law Ludido Kidushevade. Or after the Sufik Kidushin having been done, some outsider will come and marry the Erva with a Kidushevade, making her, uh, let's say, a definite husband wife. The Kavon de Osar Law More Lutsoro Liavumi, and by our prohibiting the co-wife of the erva from doing yibum, Amri, people will say, de kamo kiddushin u de basra la kiddushin. That the first marriage, which we thought was doubt, was an, a real marriage. And that the second marriage is not a marriage at all. Because 
In the case of an outsider coming and marrying the erva, he in effect would be marrying an ish, a woman, the erva, who was really married to Reuven. And how are people coming to that conclusion? By the fact that we're preventing Reuven's brother, Shimon, doing yibum with the tzara, on the grounds that she's a tzara's erva, the erva having been married to Reuven. So by the fact that we're uh, preventing the tzara from doing yibum, this uh, legal mess up is going to result. The Gemara continues at the top of Lamed Aleph from an Aleph. Kevon de Komatsrichis Chalitza, since we are requiring the, the co-wife to do Chalitza, Meida Yadi, people will know the Chumra Bi'almahu, that our whole approach here is one of stringency. Rashi says at the top, Kevon de Komatsrichis Chalitza Latsora, Meida Yadia Meida Yadi the Kidushe the Bas Ochiv the marriage to the Erva to the daughter of his to the uh, daughter of his brother Lav Kidushin wasn't a real Kidushin the because of the doubt the high the low Misyabemis Tsarasa and that which we're not allowing the Tsara to do Yibum. Chumra bi'almahu. It's a mere stringency. In other words, there's there's letter of the law. The Torah had a cheskas heter liibum. As far as uh, what the public is going to think, uh, we said a chumra that osi lidekula. Since people see that the Torah is required to receive chalitza, so. The fear of the uh, public's we'll say, misconception will not result. The Gemara asks, Why not teach the case of Suffolk Korov Law, Suffolk Korov Law, with regard to divorce? And then require the co wife to do Chalitza. Umeida Yadi and people will know the Khumra Bialmahu that this is a we're applying a stringency and they're not gonna come to think that the Erva was fully divorced. And uh, and and with that in mind, uh, people not coming to think that there was a full divorce with the erva. So then, the fear that we had before of uh, of of their of coming to allow yibum would not uh, would not apply. The Gemara says, but that's not true. Im ata omer if you're going to impose chalitza. Mesiabemis, people will think that under similar circumstances, Yibum could have taken place. Yibum with the co-wife of the Erva. And let's not forget, when you're dealing with Gerishin, there was a chazoka, there was a status of her being forbidden to do Yibum.
the Gemara asks, well, Hochanami, if you're saying that in the case of Gitin, we don't teach that because uh, the, the Chalitza would not be a fail-safe mechanism because if we say Chalitzas in Misyabemes, Hochanami, here too in the case of Kiddushin, Im Ata Oimer Cholitzas, if you're going to insist on the co-wife doing Chalitza, Misyabemes, uh, Yibum could happen, and you'll have a massive, you'll have a situation of a Suffolk, Tsaras Erva, doing Yibum. And you don't want that. The Gemara says, let it be, the Tisyabem, the Ein Bekach Klum. In the case of Kiddushin, with the issue of the Suffolk, the worst case scenario is, is that the co wife will do Yibum, that is not a problem. There, we are establishing her upon her original status. She was, don't forget, she had a status of being Muteris to the, to the Yavam. There was only a suffix did the Erva ever enter the picture in Kiddushan to begin with. So, in the case of Kiddushan, we can afford to take our chances and teach the case of Sofei Korov Lo, Sofei Korov Law. And uh, it's true, we don't really want evil to take place, so we insist on Chalitza, but if people will get the idea that since Chalitza is done in a similar case, Yibum could also be done, that wouldn't be the end of the world because in the case of Safi Kiddushin, the, the co-wife had the status of being Muteris. The Gemara raises a question. You notice this is a long question. Eisve here is a, a Tanaic source involving a collapse of a house and people getting killed. Nofal habayis olov v'albas ochiv. A house collapsed on uh, a husband and on bas ochiv. So if we have Ruvain and Shimon, we have Ruvain is married to his brother's daughter. And Ruvain was also married to a co-wife. We have a little chart on the side. You can see this. And uh, Ruvain is killed in this house collapse together with one of his wives. And there's a co-wife that remains. However, We don't know who died first. Um, in other words, if, let us say, Reuven had died first, so there's no Yibum over here, because at the point he died, the daughter of Shimon was alive with the co-wife, and she's at Tsaras Erva. However, if in that house collapse, first the daughter of Reuven died, when Reuven died, he died leaving only the Tsara, so she could do Yibum. So what happens? We say in that case, chalitza is done, but no yibum. Amai, why do we take that approach? Hochonami, just like we said above with regard to the suffix involving the divorce. Nemo, say over here, isha zu the tzora becheskas heter lushuk oimedes. She was definitely a tzoras erva. 
and out of doubt you're coming to restrict her from the shuk by requiring chalitza don't restrict her from the shuk just because of the doubt and if you say well over here by uh, our requiring the chalitza we are simply acting out of uh, interest in stringency this is a chumrah a stringency that could lead to a leniency by allowing by, by providing for chalitza you're demonstrating that there must have been a real a real bond a real uh, yibum requirement and chalitza is one approach others will think people will think that under similar circumstances yibum was also an option so you're, you're by insisting on the chalitza you're allowing for the leniency to take place of an eventual possible um, yibum between the tzora who was a definite tzoras erva with the surviving brother and yet we don't seem to be bothered by all of those considerations. The source says Tsorasacholesis. So just like we're not bothered in this case of Nofalabayas in the possibility of the of the Tsora doing Khalitsa, why not take the same approach with regard to the get Sophic Korov Low, Sophic Korov Law, and uh, and say Choletsis. The Gemara says there is a fundamental difference between the case of the throwing of a get, of Gerushin, and the case of a house collapsing, which involves death. Gerushin, where we were, we were matir the tzara l'shuk without any need for chalitza. And that's because of, we'll say, rabbinic intervention. Gerushin d'shichichi, Gerushin, divorces which are, relatively speaking, more common, they're com- more common than house collapses. Gazru Bahu Rabbonin, the Rabbonin made a don't do chalitza, because if chalitza is done, it could lead to yibum. In other words, the, the fear in, in the fear is greater, or we should say Rabbonin impose res- uh, restrictions or preemptive measures, protective measures, when you're dealing with common circumstances. Mapoilis, the low shrinki house collapses are not common. Lo gozru bahu rabbonan. The rabbonan did not intervene, and therefore they said that Sora does chalitza, and we're not worried because of it. Because it's an uncommon case, we're not worried about that worst case scenario of of yibum taking place with the tsara. Inami, another difference, gerushin. In the case of divorce, the kaimo erva, the chomuchach, the erva is here. She's standing. She, you can, you can prove things. The tsarasa kamatzrichis lo chalitza, and we would require the tsara to do chalitza. Amri, people will say, kamu be rabbonon begita. The Gita Ma'al Yahu, the fact that we're requiring the Tsara to do Chalitza, 
the rabbis measured the proximity of the get to the receiver and they, they, they determined that it was a real get. It, it reached closer to the erva and the erva was divorced. The asu libumi litsara. And because of the ability to come to conclusions, because all of the players are still there, and we see chalitza required, people will think that yibum of the tzora could also be done. Mapolis mi komubura bonen bemapolis. But with regard to a house collapse, you can't. There's no means of determining who died first. So people aren't, by the fact that we require chalitza in that case, people aren't going to come to the conclusion that the rabbis had uh, had achieved some type of definitive information, and the uh, and and people will realize there's a built-in unresolvable element of doubt, and the fact that we we insist on the tzora doing will not lead people to think that yibum is an option. Now, uh, as we mentioned before, this sugya is very long, and we're in the context of the daf yomi. Uh, schedule of learning so unfortunately we haven't completed the whole back and forth discussion we're leaving off in the middle of a discussion our hope is we'll be able to pick this up with some degree of clarity next time but uh, before we conclude let us remind you that if you wish to be in touch with us in order to access marked Gemaras we can be reached at gmarkings at gmail.com with that we conclude our Shior for today